Oh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have this evening to gather, to gather with candles in a dark place to light up small lights to remind us of the beauty when a little bit of light pierces into the darkness. So, Father, as we prepare our hearts and minds this evening, here we are, ready for you, ready to meet with you. And God, I pray all the darkness of the world outside would now fade into the background of our hearts and minds so that we can truly put our focus on who you are and what you have done for us. So that as we gather this evening and we say, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given, Father, I pray that every heart and mind in this room would know that as beautiful as that message is for ancient Israel many thousands of years ago, Father, it's beautiful for each and every one of us tonight. So prepare every heart and mind to truly believe tonight that the baby that was born on the night that we commemorate today and tomorrow, that that baby was born for salvation, not just for Israel, but for us, each of us. So Father, tune our hearts this evening to hear your word, and to experience the joy and peace that you have offered to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, and thank you for joining us um, this evening for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. I hope you got a candle on your way in. Just hang on to it right now. Um, when the time comes, I'm going to tell you when to light up the candles. But for right now, leave them unlit and lighting them is just really simple. You just screw the top of it a little bit, and it will come right on. And um, that will be the way we'll end the service today. But before we get there, I want to talk to us a little bit about why we do what we do on this day to commemorate light in the darkness to such an extent. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, there's a simple statement the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's, that's why we're here. Because this is the passage that tells ancient Israel and tells every generation of believers from that point on that there is a child that is born, and that child that is born brings salvation. There's actually four titles of this child that are depicted in this passage. And we'll get there in a second. But first we need to know that the light that has come is for us. And so when we gather on an evening like today, we darken the room a little bit and, and we give everybody their own individual light to show, to demonstrate to you in a practical way that the light shines in the darkness and the light spreads. And as the light spreads, it cuts through the darkness. And so the, the lasting imagery that we leave tonight with is that each one of us have received light. And when you receive light, you are given light to then carry with you. It's not just when you come to Jesus and you have a personal experience that affects you and only you. 
It is a light that comes from Jesus, the true Son of God, into your heart, into your life, and then you have the opportunity to spread that light to share with others. And this is our greatest need, to be confronted in the place of darkness with the beauty of this light. That's the setting of ancient Israel when Isaiah 9 is written. So Isaiah says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. So it's not just a few isolated people that have the problem of living in darkness. What the prophet is telling us is that there was once a time when a people lived in such darkness that it wasn't just a few homes or a few individuals who were really sinful and really ungodly. The whole land, the whole nation, all people were living in darkness. Such was the difficulty of the setting and the place and time they were in. And what that tells us is that the greatest need of Israel in those days is also the greatest need of all humanity and the greatest need of us here today. We live in a land of darkness. We live in an age of darkness. We live in a world of darkness. The creator of the ends of the earth has created people to be in relationship with him, and those people have rejected him and chosen darkness over the light. That's the story. That's the message of the Bible. But into that darkness, the creator, this creator of the ends of the earth, has sent his son to be that little light that comes. But then what the prophet says is that what starts as a little light becomes a great light because the son of God brings light eventually through his his life, death, burial, resurrection, and the way his ministry spreads, he brings light to the nations. And that's us here today, a part of that light that started 2,000 years ago and has continued to spread. We're a part of it. But this is a gift, a Christmas gift that confronts our deepest needs. Our most significant problems are addressed by this gift of this child. So let me ask you a question. We've got all generations together in one room this evening, so this is a question that any generation can respond to. So I want you to think about it for a minute. And then you can tell your neighbor what you think is the correct answer. This is going to be a really hard question. Who gets the most fun presents on Christmas? The kids or the adults? Really difficult question. Now confer with your neighbor. Tell them what you think the answer is. Okay, if you took a long time to confer, then you're not good at this game. Everybody knows the answer is the kids get much, get, get, their presents are so much more fun than what the adults get. And kids, I have bad news for you. That will be you someday too. <laughs> because little girls get Barbies and dolls, and big girls get like cooking equipment and stuff. And little boys get like soldiers and, and little you know, figurines to play with. And big boys get like tools to go work and fix things. And at some point, what tra- the transition that happens from childhood to adulthood is instead of getting the toys you want, you start to get toys that you need. Toys that have some sort of presence. Pre- yeah, yeah. Instead of getting the presence that you want, you get the presence to address a need in your life. And see, that, that is actually what Isaiah 9 does for us, is it shows us a gift at Christmas that exposes our greatest need. And there are four titles here given of Jesus the Son, and every single one of those titles tells you something about you. 
I'm going to read it to you. And I want you to think, what does this tell me about me? Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, four things, Wonderful Counselor, title number one, Mighty God, number two, number three, Everlasting Father, and number four, the Prince of Peace. What do those four things say about you? Eight words, four titles. It's actually cool in the ancient Hebrew in which it's written. It's, it's written as a poem. There's a poetic meter to the way that this, um, this passage communicates these four significant titles of Jesus, the baby that was born. You need a wonderful counselor. Now let me ask you something. If somebody tells you that you need a counselor, what does that mean? That means you don't have all the answers on your own. That means you don't have the solution to your own problems. That means that you need somebody to walk you through, to counsel you, to advise you on how to live your life, on how to face the challenges that you are facing. And so when God looks at each one of us and says, I'm giving you a gift, it's a wonderful counselor, it shouldn't take a lot of work for us to recognize, yeah, I need that. Now, it's one of those things, again, the difference between childhood and adulthood. Child, the, the kids, they want what they want. The kids start to recognize, or the adults start to recognize more, well, I like toys, but I have certain needs in my life. And I know by maturity that I don't have the answers to the challenges that I face. I have all these questions, and I have very few answers to the questions that are most significant in my life right now. And Jesus steps into that and says, I'm here to be your wonderful counselor because you don't have the appropriate solutions to the problems that you face. This is true for your workplace. This is true for your family life. This is true for your spiritual life. This is true in every relationship in your life. The way of Jesus is the way of wisdom. You need a wonderful counselor. Number two, you need a mighty God. The name here, Mighty God, it's a, it's a two-word name that is communicating a couple of things. Number one, it's communicating that this child will be God. That's an important thing. It, it kind of exposes to us what was going on in Jesus' day that some people had just totally missed it. If you remember the stories of the coming of Jesus, people were confused. People were confused as to why there was a baby that was coming as the Messiah. They knew there was a Messiah coming, right? But they didn't know that the Messiah would come as a baby. They didn't know that the Messiah would actually be God himself. But all the information was there for them. It was right there in the prophets that a baby would come and that baby would be God himself. Now, the word for mighty, it means conquering. It's a strength that conquers over enemies. So what this tells you about you, you, you need a wonderful counselor, that means you've got problems you can't solve on your own, and you need an advisor that's going to help you walk through those problems. If you need a mighty God, that means you have problems in your life that you cannot achieve victory over on your own. That means there are enemies that are waging war against you that you cannot conquer on your own. 
It means that the sin problem that each and every one of us have cannot be solved by trying harder, by working better. We cannot fix ourselves, repair our own lives, and just live better lives by our own effort. And so Christmas, Jesus comes as a demonstration to us. You can't solve your problems on your own. You can't defeat your enemies on your own. You cannot overcome the obstacles in your life by your own power and strength. But he's not just the excellent advisor. He's not just the God who conquers our enemies. He's also the everlasting father, the only father who perfectly loves for all eternity. Because every human parent, good or bad, is going to set a limited, a limited demonstration of love for us. Even the best of human fathers, even the best of human mothers will never love us the way the everlasting Father has, does, and will continue to into all eternity. And he's also, he's the Prince of Peace. Again, you have a problem, you have a gift that exposes the problem that you have. You need an advisor, you need a conquering God, you need a Father that loves you, and you need a Prince who is going to reign in peace from this point and forever. Now, Israel had no problem understanding their need for each of these things. Because if you were with us at our last Sunday service, on this past Sunday, then what we heard was that in Isaiah 7, two chapters before this, there's this military governmental crisis going on in Judah when, where this is taking place. And so Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Judah at a point where the nation of Judah is terrified by a military alliance that has surrounded them. Two nations around them have formed an alliance with each other, and they are now seeking to destroy the nation of Judah. And both those nations, by the way, are bigger than Judah. So you have a military might that's probably three or four times the strength of the strength of Judah that has circled all around Judah and saying, give up now or we're going to conquer you. Your capital city will be in siege any day now. Give up. And that's the setting that God comes to deliver this message. There is a child that will be born. Of the increase of his reign, there will be no end. In fact, all governments of all the world will rest on his shoulder. And you can call him the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. In wartime, when you are afraid for your very life at all times, there is no greater message than somebody from the outside coming in to deliver you and to achieve an unending reign of peace. And that's what Jesus does for you and for me. Because whether we realize it or not, it's wartime. Whether we realize it or not, there are enemies, real spiritual enemies, that are trying to wage war against our souls at all times. We are waging an internal war with the sin that is seeking to destroy us and destroy our lives and relationships. And in that setting comes the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. No matter how much you think you need him, you need him far more than you could ever imagine. And so when we come here on Christmas Eve and we step into the darkness and we reflect the light by holding 
little lights in our hands. We do that to remind ourselves that the strength that we have is not a strength that we generate within ourselves. Just like the light you will hold in a few minutes, it doesn't come from you. In a few minutes, we're going to read this passage. We're going to light this white candle in the middle. It's called the Christ candle. And then, as we turn on our candles, our individual candles, what we are going to remember is that the light that each of us holds in our hands comes from Jesus. The only source of light, the only source of hope, the only source of peace, and the only real source of joy. And so as you gather with your families this Christmas, enjoy your traditions. Remember the beauty of family life. Open those presents. Let the kids have fun and experience joy together. And in the midst of it all, remember the joy that we have, the life that we have, comes from a light that we couldn't light on our own, that had to come from Jesus himself. So now I'm going to ask my family to join me. And we're going to light for you this final candle, the Christ candle. As we light the candle, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and hold your candles in your hand. Typically what we do is we take the light from the Christ candle and start to distribute it throughout the room. But we're going to let you all, since we have the battery-operated ones um, this year, we're just going to let you all light your own candle once Emmanuel lights the Christ candle for us. But I'm going to have Jess read first. The, pe the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For, ev for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now let me pray for us all. Father, as we light the Christ candle, we praise you and we thank you because this candle reminds us that the Messiah has arrived. For the last four weeks, we've lit one small candle at a time reminding us of the hope, the joy, the peace that we long for in this Advent season. And tonight, we recognize we need long no more because Jesus has truly come. Our Messiah has come for each of us. And so, Father, as these small lights begin to pierce the darkness this evening, fill our hearts with the joy that comes from this beautiful night Fill our minds with the emotion that comes of responding to you in worship. And as we sing, Father, may we praise you for who you truly are and remember Jesus and the light that he has brought. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now take your own candle, light it up, and stand.
sing with us.
as we close our services, one of my great joys is to proclaim a blessing from Scripture over God's people. We have a special blessing for today based on all that we've reflected on already this evening. For those that are in Christ, for those that have received the message of the gospel and received new life in Christ, this is the proclamation, the blessing that goes over you from the word of God. For unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. And the government of all the earth rests on his shoulder. And his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father, we praise you and we thank you for being all that we need and exposing to us the depth of our great need for you. Thank you for the message of Christmas and for Jesus our Savior. Now send us out in your strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Blessings to you. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Merry Christmas.